Hall of Fame class of Cluso for Friday, October 23rd, 2020. Adam Hall! Excuse me, I'm just chairman now. Adam Hall! Look at us! We're doing it. Swing, baby. <laughs> We're doing it. Here we are. Are you happy? It's finally here. Oh, God. I didn't realize this was such a big deal to you. Two it's, years in the making. It's slightly uncomfortable being here that we've we've made it. <laughs> you know, it's two years in the making, but really, it's a lifetime. Really? Oh. <laughs> Has it felt like this is what it's all coming to? It's all come down to this. All right. I may announce my retirement from podcasting tomorrow. Wow. Uh, this might be the end. I don't know how I can possibly beat this. This is amazing. Yeah. This is un- unprecedented. Is this what? Why are you ending it now, though? You, you're on a roll. You're on a winning streak. You got to keep it going. Although you're not totally on a winning streak because of the Discord, by the way. You know, it's early. It's early in this election, and <laughs> you know, like the polls will tighten. I I don't buy what the polls tell me on day one. If the last couple election cycles are any indication, okay. It's pretty cool, though. There's plenty of time. I have a decent ground game. I believe in the strength of my ground game. I'm and gl- my surrogates, and this campaign is far from over. I'm glad you have faith. Yeah. You have to admit, though, pretty surprising. Yes, a surprising early <laughs> result. I will say yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. You're sort of the Herman Cain of, <laughs> of this election. Well, don't say that. Oh, well, okay. Sorry, Ben Carson of this okay, election. Much is that better? better? <laughs> much better. <laughs> you know, you're peaking really early, and it's like, man, really, the, the, the hand of God guy, the surgeon from Florida, is leading in the polls, and things will regress to the mean. You think so? Don't you worry. I don't know. Man. My Bowie heads will come out in full force. That's soon. well, that's what you need for, for God, for God's sakes. I mean, I was, I was telling you that that Beckham choice was an issue. Yes. Big problem. Big mistake. Yeah. You just, you didn't have the foresight to be like, dude, I mean, we, we we're sick of Beckham. The Beckham stock is completely out. You got to balance the ticket. And what you also need to do is not piss off the base. And I do think that I made a slight miscalculation I sort of swung for the fences with the Beckham pick. I hope to bring in moderates mm. and undecideds. But really what I did is just pissed off my base. Exactly. Yeah. Like, how could you, Nico? How could you betray us like this? Yes. Whereas for me, I actually got a call out for the Dave Grohl slash uh, Keith David uh, nomination. Yes. Which I did not expect, by the way. Neither did I. I, I didn't expect anyone to <laughs> utter the name Keith David aside from me. <laughs> you went with your heart. And you really, you played to your base. You're a single issue candidate in that way. That's right. You know, you just went for it. My heart is in it, man. My, the, the passion I have for these Davids speaks volumes to Does to anyone know what we're talking about? Should we clarify what we're talking about? It's so, a totally different podcast. On the other podcast, why is this a thing? We did the Dave draft, yeah. which is also something we had discussed for a while. And you, Nick, and I drafted our team of four Davids. Yeah. And we put up the rosters on the Discord. If you want to join the Discord, go to the website, too many thoughts media.com, tmt.media for short. Yeah. You're going to want to be on this Discord for the next couple of weeks. I it's interesting. Say. Yeah, you're going to want to be on there. Vote in the election, watch the mudslinging and the campaigning. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to summarize real quick, to sort of uh, to entice you maybe to join and cast your vote, Adam selected with his four picks Dave Grohl, David Fincher, David Byrne, and Keith David. 
Nick chose David Lynch, Larry David, David Attenborough, and David Copperfield. And I chose David Bowie, Dave Chappelle, David Beckham, and King David of Israel, which I thought were like chalky picks, no doubt. But I thought these were kind of foolproof picks. I thought yours were. I thought this was a foolproof strategy. And I thought that I was just going to sort of play spoiler to you guys who were, I think, less so Nick, but definitely you, you were drafting with your heart. And so I said, all right, I'll draft with my head and try to, you know, play this like a populist. Do you really think King David of Israel fits in here? Is it is the strength of your of your list riding solely on David Bowie and Dave Chappelle? Yeah, I thought I would be able to sort of gather a large swath, though. I am a little surprised that the the lack of enthusiasm behind Dave Chappelle specifically. Yes. I don't know. I just feel like it's a little more timely and a lot of people love him now more than ever. Yeah, I, I should have just stuck with a strategy and went for it. That That's my problem. And instead, yeah. I just picked whatever the most famous Dave was available. But there's time. Oh, God there's time. It. There's time. <laughs> Polls are open until November 3rd, which it's is just a, a random Tuesday. No significance to that date whatsoever. All right, it's a slow ascend that's what it's gonna be you're you're getting there just warming up you'll re- you'll reach the top start yeah. slow i always start slow i see it's <laughs> my mo that's what all of his ex-girlfriends say enough about <laughs> that though <laughs> we have to talk Cluso. yes this is chief inspector Cluso's residence this is chief inspector Cluso speaking on the phone do you have a room <laughs> we miss you do you have a ring? A ring? What? You said, do I have a ring? I know perfectly well what I said. I said, do you have a ring? Well. You mean, do I have a room? That is, is what, what I've been say. saying, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start quoting, because I have all of them preloaded. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Just understand, oh my God. two pages oh, of a soundboard. He's, oh, no, no, two pages. He's filled it all the way up, people. Didn't fit the whole page this, this, on the soundboard. This is, this is not good. This oh is going to get out of control, so it, I would recommend not dropping quotes right now. Is Nick aware of what you've done? With the soundboard? Yes. No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God, no. Not at all. Uh, the listeners certainly are not prepared. But we have opened a can of worms uh, that cannot be shut. God, this was a bad, this was a bad move. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Caluso. Uh, classic Pink Panther, classic Cluso, whatever you want to call it. We're talking Peter Sellers and Inspector Jacques Clouseau, uh, soon to be actually Chief Inspector Jacques Clouseau yeah. later on in the films, just to clarify that mm. point. This is, this is it for me. Yes. This is it, Adam. This is it. We've been talking about this for a very long time. These are movies, most of them, not all of them on this list, that are near and dear to my heart, that I have been studying for the better part of two decades. <laughs> studying. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to be trying to be too hypocritical about this because I have a theory on here, but continue. Uh, oh, okay. No, go ahead. No, no, no. Continue. Oh, okay. You have more to say. <laughs> continue, Nico. I'm not going to stifle you. So for two decades, I've been watching these movies. And when I say study them, I mean study them. Like I have reviewed these scenes on YouTube over and over again, like the Sapruder film as sort of a way of studying what I consider to be the greatest comedic performance of all time sustained over multiple films. Like I just think Peter Sellers is not only a genius, but the best comedic actor that has ever graced this planet. And uh, these are certainly not his best films, but like... I I can't take my eyes off of this guy. Now we will talk about each of these movies individually and I will elaborate on this. I have copious notes 
Last night, I was up till three in the morning, not only pulling clips for the soundboard, but also watching Pink Panther documentaries on YouTube and reviewing some of my favorite scenes and some scenes that I hadn't watched in a while. Uh, I was watching Inspector Clouseau for the first time. You hadn't seen it. The film Inspector Clouseau for the first time. We'll get to that in a second. I rewatched Shot in the Dark, uh, which is a movie that I really needed to uh, to wrap my arms around. Um, and so now we're here. I had been dangling this over you for a while because uh, you had not seen a single Pink Panther movie. No, I had seen the one with Steve Martin. Right. Which I hadn't seen since 2006. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember much about it. I remember finding it amusing when I was a child. And big. A burger. A burger. A burger. <laughs> and that's about it. That is what I've been saying, you fool. I just love that line so much. So, here we go. This is your first time. We're popping your Clouseau cherry. Yes. And uh, I will sort of guide the conversation with some insights and observations that I've gathered again over the better part of two decades. Okay. Thank you. So, <laughs> I now cede the floor to the senator from Connecticut. Oh, thank you. Oh, the senator of Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, representative. Oh, much better. Uh, <laughs> I, I have no, I have no doubt whatsoever that you adore each and every one of these films. Mm. But you're, you're trolling me, right? No, <laughs> a little bit. No, not at all. Not, no. a, not an ounce of irony going on. No. Okay, so these are your Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> Correct. Yes, I get it. Yes. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> this makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> All right. I'm not trolling. Okay. What you did on the podcast, why is this a thing a few weeks ago with Jason X? That is 100% how I feel about these movies. Explaining, yeah, in terms of like how I explained myself and my feelings towards the entire series. 100%. They, yeah. they are movies that do not deserve to be discussed and combed over in, in the way that I do and the way that you do towards Friday the 13th. Um but I just don't care. Yeah. I watched these things at the right time in my life. I was a child. I found Peter Sellers' French accent hilarious, and I just mimicked it and did that impression. The key was also that my dad loves these movies. Yeah. And these were the first movies, frankly, that my father ever introduced me to. Just full stop. Like, before I watched The Godfather, before I watched even, like, Back to the Future, stuff that I adored as a child, like, these were the movies that my father sat me down and watched because I guess there was something in them that I could enjoy, but also he could enjoy. Mm -hmm. And maybe he just watched him as a kid and he sort of just passed down that, uh, that love and affection sort of like a hand me down. Um, but it has just been a way for me to bond with my father over the years. Uh. I still quote a, a good 10 or 12 of the lines that I'm about to play <laughs> on a weekly basis with my father. <laughs> it, it still happens. I have not said the word wax correctly in 12 years. I have not said the word wax. This is the first time in 12 years. It's always been Vix. Vix. Vix is not just Vix. That is where you are wrong. Of course, you would need a very slippery floor to do that. Therefore, the wax. The wax? Ah! Are you uh, all right? Of course, I am all right. I'm examining the wax. Wax. <laughs> Have you taken a sample of this wax? <laughs> wax is wax. Oh, that is where you are wrong. Wax is not just wax. In this case, it is a clue. English wax, French wax, domestic wax. 
the inspector is right. Have, um, the, wax have the wax tested immediately. <laughs> I have said the phrase domestic wax more than anyone on the planet. <laughs> domestic Vix destroyed me at really? age destroyed me okay. when Cluzo fell over and started sniffing the ground to examine the vex <laughs> come on wow these movies get you in a very interesting way this is it this is it for me okay this is it how'd you feel about them uh well, first of all, you're not you're not allowed to ever make the argument that Ghostbusters or Animal House are dated with their comedy. Oh, how dare you! You're not allowed. Your your opinions on those movies are, have just officially been invalidated. You? Depending on how we go with some of these movies, mm-hmm. it's it, it's not. I mean, even with the ones that I really like, um, even then, I'm like, if you're if you're to claim like this is like one of the most hilarious things ever, I'm probably gonna back up on you. It's it's an interesting ride, I'll say. <laughs> I have lots of thoughts. Okay, I have lots of thoughts. All right, uh, <laughs> it's it's funny, like like getting into it, having only, like very 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 general knowledge of like what this stuff is. I just knew it was about Clouseau finding a fucking diamond. Like okay, and he's a bumbling fool, you know, and he fights a yellow man, my yellow friend. Kato! Kato? <laughs> it is a clear. Not now, Kato! <laughs> Not now! The freezer. <laughs> the freezer! He's got frost hanging off of him. He jumps out. He's been waiting in that freezer for at God. least four hours. You know how long you have to be in a freezer <laughs> to freeze. for frost to develop on your clothing? He has to be waiting in there for all day. Oh, that was good stuff. Um, <laughs> but you'll, you'll, you're not going to hate me for, for this. And yeah, uh, I was I was scoring the movies. Okay, shall we say? Yeah. And I, of course, I haven't seen every single one. I still need to see Revenge of the Pink Panther. But yes. um, yeah, man, came out a best uh, best uh, three out of five, and the series won. Great, it won. Great, yeah. yeah. Batting over five hundred. Yeah, we're making the Hall of Fame with those numbers. Yes, absolutely. that's it. Yeah, it's over. Awesome. Which, which ones are they though? I think it's obvious, but which ones are they? I think I know. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Uh, five movies nominated for induction yeah. into the Movie Hall of Fame. 1963's The Pink Panther. 1964's A Shot in the Dark. 1968's Inspector Clouseau. 1975's The Return of the Pink Panther. And 19... Did I say 65? 75, right? And 1976 is The Pink Panther Strikes Again. Apologies if I misspoke. That's Clouseau style. That's fine. Um, There are other movies, as you just mentioned, that could have been nominated and were not. Uh, I initially nominated 1978's Revenge of the Pink Panther. Uh, You made a mistake. You watched the wrong movie. And now we're suffering for it. Uh, Revenge of the Pink Panther would have been a much better time than Inspector Clouseau. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, that was like a movie about like Clouseau fighting the French connection, like the drug trade, uh, from like Turkey or whatever. Um, and it's okay. It's got some decent bits as all of the movies do. Um, but I, I would say actually weaker than most of the movies on this list as well. 
um, Romance of the Pink Panther was to be the sixth film in this franchise. Okay. It was written by Peter Sellers. Blake Edwards was not going to return to direct other than the other four. So this was sort of Peter Sellers taking the reins, getting full creative control. Really? Uh, he died before production began. I see. There are two drafts of this script that exist. I have not gotten my hands on them, although I have tried my damnedest. You really? Where oh, you? yeah. Huh. Oh, and yeah. How many Reddit forums have you scrounged? A lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to tell you what. InspectorCluso.com, which is like an old like website that has not been updated since 1997, perhaps, it was a very helpful resource. Okay. Like they could not even embed video clips. That's how old this website wow, okay. was. But there was a lot of interesting information on there. People love their Pink Panther. <laughs> yeah. Pink Panther Wiki also combed through that entire thing this week. Um, Trail of the Pink Panther is a movie from 1982, two years after Peter Sellers died in 1980. Um, it was uh, sort of a Frankenstein's monster of a movie. They utilized outtakes from Revenge of the Pink Panther and other Pink Panther wow. movies and sort of pieced it together with this young detective. Clouseau had gone missing, and this young detective was trying to track him down. And it was mostly just, you know, random outtakes. Um, not many good bits, except for this one. Yes? Do you have for me the massage? Oh. You want a massage, eh? If you have one for me, yes. Yeah. Why don't you talk Tokyo Little, the end of the block? Ask for Passion Flower Shirley, the Yokohama butterfly. And why should I do that? Well, you want a massage, don't you? Yes, but I want it from you. <laughs> <laughs> Best bit in that movie, Trail of the Pink Panther, 1982. Uh, Curse of the Pink Panther was a 1983 movie. Again, they tried uh, beating this dead horse. A new young detective, a bumbling American this time, named Clifton Slay, portrayed by Ted Wass. Uh, again, it involved the Pink Panther Diamond um, and the disappearance of Clouseau. Dreyfus is back in this one, as are a bunch of other supporting characters. Son of the Pink Panther, 10 years later in 1993, again, Blake Edwards is trying to revive this series one last time, casts Roberto Benini as really? an Italian inspector, the illegitimate son of Clouseau and Maria Gambarelli. Uh, Maria Gambarelli is back in this movie, um and uh, this movie was such a bomb such a commercial flop that blake edwards actually retired from filmmaking altogether wow the last movie that uh blake edwards ever made man it always upsets me when that happens to filmmakers yes when they have just such a crushing blow that they can't do it anymore 100 percent. 2006 pink panther with steve martin 2008 pink panther 2 with steve martin we're not gonna talk about it we're just not gonna talk about it talk about it no i don't know i don't remember the 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 first one so much i I mean, as bad as that first one is, the second one is even worse. You've seen both? I, of course I've okay. seen both. Who are you talking I to? That's true, yes. Who are you talking to? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah, that's that. Those are the other Pink Panther films. Word is that they are developing a new Pink Panther movie that is a combination of live action and animation involving the actual cartoon Panther at some point. Okay. Don't know what is going to happen with that. I guess that the, the where this where the series left off for me, I guess that's the next logical extreme. I guess, <laughs> but this is a movie franchise that has survived over several decades. I mean, the first movie was nineteen sixty three. The last movie was two thousand eight. That's a long fucking time. 
you know, for a movie about Clouseau. It's still, still no Godzilla, but it's, of it's certainly endured. We can say that. We're getting there. <laughs> oh, okay. Could you imagine 35 Big Panther movies? Shin Panther. <laughs> <laughs> bringing peter sellers out of the grave let's do it let's get a hologram right we're doing it with james dean let's reanimate sellers cgi sellers let's do it i love it i want it i want it right now okay okay that's that let's get into it now yes 1963 is the pink panther written and directed by blake edwards starring david niven peter sellers and robert wagner Interesting note that David Niven is actually top build in this movie. Yep. This was meant to be his star making role. The initial draft of this movie had David Nillen's um, uh, uh, jewel thief at the center. His character's name is the Phantom. Um, and uh, I think after they cast Peter Sellers and they saw what they had, the movie took a very sharp turn and was sort of changed into more of a comedy. Initially, you know, you sort of think of it as, uh, or it was initially thought of as sort of like this maybe Agatha Christie, like globe trotting jewel caper, jewel heist caper. There's a lot of gorgeous locations. I know like the climax of the movie takes place at a ski resort. There's a lot of beautiful like Vista shots. And I think it was thought of as like certainly a funny movie, but like more of a mystery caper, you know, Hercule Poirot type story. Um, word is, that after the initial actor dropped out of the project, um, Peter Sellers was picked up from the airport by Blake Edwards, and the two of them had a conversation about the movie. And on that ride from the airport to the hotel, they bonded over comedians like Harold Lloyd and Buster Keaton. That's when they decided, we got to make this movie more slapstick. Okay. That's the word on the street, I guess. Maybe an urban legend. Uh, again, Peter Ustinoff dropped out right before filming began. Actually, they tried suing Peter Ustinoff uh, after he dropped out. And then when they ultimately took it to court, uh, the, the defendants were like, look at the box office returns on Pink Panther. How can you prove damages from this? <laughs> you know, wow. how can you prove how can you prove that this was not a net positive for you that they ultimately got Peter Sellers? And uh, of course, the rest is history yeah. after this first movie nominated for best original score at the Academy Awards. Mm. AFI calls it the number 20 film score of all time on their list. The bumbling Inspector Clouseau travels to Rome to catch a notorious jewel thief known as the Phantom before he conducts his most daring heist yet. A princess's priceless diamond with one slight imperfection known as the Pink Panther. Okay. Talk to me. Reminds me of Friday the 13th Part 1. Yeah. You think, when you get into your Friday the 13th movies, oh boy, Friday the 13th 1, Jason, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Let's He's go. hack the shit out of people. Let's see what young right? Jason looks like. Exa- uh, no. Not at all. No. Not in the movie. No. Hardly. He's there as a kid. That's it. Right. It is about Jason's mother killing people. Mm. I got into this thinking. It's a trivia question and scream, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. No one knows it. No one realizes it. It's not that everyone knows it now. <laughs> I, I think less people know this. I Certainly. Think less people know this. Certainly. That, yeah, it's barely a Clouseau film. Yeah. Barely. At, like, I, I'm, I would love to clock his screen time, but I was kind of almost put off by the lack of Clouseau that was in this movie. And 
struggling to figure out like what the movie was ultimately trying to be. And I came out like just thinking, yeah, it's, it's similar in the way that like, you know, this, this never happened, but if, if there were like a trajectory of like, like smoking the bandit movies and the, this essentially the movies went from being all about, um, um, uh, Burt Reynolds's character to, uh, Jackie Gleason's character. Yeah. They would be the same trajectory as the Pink Panther movies. Sure. Because, yeah, it's ain't a Clouseau film at all. No, it's not. It's all about David Niven's character. Yeah. Uh, it's really frustrating because this movie is called The Pink Panther. Yeah. That's where the franchise gets its title. Yeah. And you think you th- that's a, <laughs> and of course, you think The Pink Panther, you automatically associate it with Peter Sellers and, and Clouseau. And uh-huh. that's, yeah, of course, that's what I got into it thinking. Um, and it was about 45 minutes in that I realized it's, that's not what this was going to be. So I was trying to readjust. But even after doing that, um, I don't like this movie. Neither do I. I don't like it at all. Neither do I. Um, I don't think it's like technically bad. I didn't come out like hating it. It, um, it, it, it didn't like piss me off necessarily, but like, who cares? Right. Who gives a shit? What's the big deal? Agreed. I did not care for this movie at all. I did not find it funny. I did not find it engaging in the slightest. I couldn't get into it cause I had hardly any idea what was going on. Mm. Uh, I, Peter Sellers is honestly, He's kind of fine in it. I wasn't laughing at anything he was doing. I thought he was struggling to make this movie funny. Yes. That's what it feels like. Can I read you a, an excerpt from the original New York Times review? Yes. April 24th, 1964, Bosley Crowther writes about this film after it debuted. Even, this is in all caps, even if Peter Sellers weren't lying in a hospital bed recovering from a heart attack, as he was in 1964, said to have been brought on by prolonged overwork... It would give us the willies to see the amount of labor he does in Blake Edwards' farce, The Pink Panther, which came to the music hall yesterday. Seldom has any comedian worked so hard, so persistently at trying to be violently funny with weak material. Yep. That, to me, it it summarizes in some ways the entirety of this series, but particularly in this movie. Well, it's the most obvious here because I'm just watching this and nothing is grabbing me. Yeah. Nothing is, is, is like, like charming at all. It's just sort of dull. Yes. And the entire time I'm just waiting for this movie to like, like spice it up because you hear that opening theme and it's just so iconic and lovable and, right. and I, I saw an incredible opening animation. That's what I was. And I, I came out of it as saying, guys, the best part of this movie is the opening credits, which is correct, which is correct. And went on to spawn like a whole series of like yeah. short films that they put in front of movies for decades, ended up becoming a Saturday morning cartoon. And now that like Pink Panther cat is almost as iconic, I would say maybe even more iconic than Clouseau himself. Maybe. Oh yeah, probably, probably. But we're not exaggerating when we say that. There's there's no hyperbole whatsoever. It is quite literally the best part of the movie. Yes, the opening credits. And it, it sort of promises the movie to be of a certain tone uh, and to sort of capture that that sort of witty sensibility all the way through. And it's just boring. Yeah. I'm, I find this movie painfully boring. Me too. It's, and the movie just doesn't stop, though. Like, I, th- there are many scenes that should be, like, played romantically when, like, David Nivens is going to – what's that Italian actress's name again? Uh, oh, that's a great question. Shoot. I'm sorry for not having Beautiful woman. It. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Gorgeous. He was, now you're talking about Clouseau's wife, or you're talking about the, the no, the, the David Nivens. David. Like, no, no, I'm talking whatever. about the woman who owns the Pink Panther diamond. Oh, the princess. Yeah. Ah, what's her name? Shoot. She's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Is or, she? I mean, no, no. Jesus Christ. Once Upon a Time in the West. <laughs> oh. Uh, 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 
God damn it. Ah, shoot. Where's her name here? <laughs> God damn. We, we're on a roll now. We're bringing it to a scree- screeching halt. Type in once upon a time in the West. <laughs> Claudia Carnelli. Claudia, yeah, there, yeah, there it Claudia is. Carnelli. Yes, of course. So the, <laughs> anyway, Claudia. She's gorgeous in once upon a time in the West. She is. Oh my goodness. She is, she is. And great in that movie too. Holy crap. But in here, like, like there's that scene where they're laying on the rug and she's like talking to the, to the tiger skin carpet thing. Mm. And it's just her fucking around with it for like five minutes. And it's just like movie, nothing's happening. You're just screwing around with this tiger skin. Yeah. Like trying to be romantic, but like falling on your face. What is this? Get, get out of here. And then again, every time I see Peter Sellers pop up, I'm like, okay, maybe it'll pick up here. But honestly, the best Peter Sellers can do is trip on shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that funny. It really isn't that funny. And here's the other issue with the movie too is that you could tell he hadn't totally sunk into the character of Clouseau. So like the the mannerisms and the quirks and the way he pronounces his words are all very different in this one. Right. Quite literally the most distinguishing quality is that in this he's just a bumbling fool and that's really it. Well, here's the thing about his character in this one is that his wife is in the movie. He is actually like a major player in the crime. Like in the other movies, yeah. he's just sort of brought in to track down the thief. He's in over his head. He's just like a bumbling buffoonish cop. And you're laughing at him because he is just so bad at his job. Mm-hmm. In this one, like he is actually the victim of his wife and yeah. her lover. Like he is, you know, he's actually the victim in this movie. It's terrible. And you know, <laughs> like he's a cuckold. That's what he is. He's being cuckolded in this movie. Yeah. And so to watch him sort of play the victim like you're not supposed to have sympathy for Cluso. You know what I mean? Like I'm not supposed to feel bad for Cluso. But, but you do, of course you do. Yeah, but why? But that but that's not funny. That's not inherently no, funny. No, like, exactly. the comedy doesn't come from that. Like just feeling bad for him and just hating his wife and just sort of watching him just continue to trip on shit as horrible stuff is being done to him. That's not funny. What's funny is when he ducks and Dreyfus is shooting at him from across the bar <laughs> and a guy gets shot next to him. That's funny. Yeah. Watching him win is funny despite all the rods. You're in a way you're almost supposed to loathe him. You know, you're supposed to sort of be mad that a guy that's this idiotic can have so much success. Oh, I kept saying that when I was watching is like if if Clouseau can be a chief inspector I could do anything. Yeah, <laughs> I could literally do anything. <laughs> you know, but that's the comedy. So I, I don't. I feel like yes, in some ways he hadn't figured out the character yet. The voice is just not there yet. No. It's barely there. Mm-hmm. Um, the look is not quite there. The mustache is not as distinct. His physical mannerisms are not quite there. Um, but also, the movie had not figured it out yet. The movie had not figured out exactly how to use him, and had not figured out how to maximize the laughs. And I just think like the movie was caught in between a rock and a hard place and was being tugged in two different directions. Initially, again, it was supposed to be sort of this international caper. Keep in mind, like uh, Blake Edwards was coming off of two very critically successful and commercially successful movies. Breakfast at Tiffany's, which is a comedy, but is like, you know, has dramatic flourishes in it. It has a lot of like like darker themes to it, too. There's, there's, There's a maturity to that movie that some people don't understand. Right. And Days of Wine and Roses, which is a movie about an alcoholic, and it is incredibly dark and incredibly bleak. And so I think he's trying to sort of um, prove that he can accomplish something artistically with this material. But it's also like I have this guy who is so clearly a superstar, and the script is just not good. And like we don't have enough time to turn this into a broad comedy. We'll do that later. Ten years from now, we will turn it into the broadest of comedies we could possibly imagine. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, I, I just think it was too early. I agree. 
you know? Yeah. And thank God this movie did well and they oh, were yeah. able to improve on the next outing, you know? It, well, it's, it's, it's true just because like you watch it and it's so clearly like a case of like, like, like not understanding your identity, you know, which uh-huh. is a shame because it, it would have worked so much better if Sellers wasn't even in it. Yes. Honestly. I mean, you could have that character just don't cast Peter Sellers yeah, because he is just so like, like you just can't take your eyes off of him. Yeah. Even when he's not like necessarily doing his best work, you're just kind of wondering like, what kind of stupid shit is he really going to do next? Yeah. And again, every time that pops up, it's a tonal battle for me because it's so ridiculous and silly, but the rest of the movie is quite straight at least for the most part, yeah. there's a couple flourishes of, of, of sort of wackiness, like with the dog, but that's it. I remember thinking that the actual jewelry heist was amusing when I saw it, just like the opening and closing of certain doors and the, like, you know, the, the sort of nuclear football, just changing hands. I found that to be, I, I remember it that way. I don't know if, if I watched it now, it would feel the same way, but I remember it being somewhat, entertaining just as a set piece i mean the funniest thing about it is is like cluso saying go go back in your poster i'll have your stripes to a zebra (laughs) that's that's good that's like a classic line i've heard heard that one before um that was good um i think the the climax of the movie is by far the, the best um the heist itself though again is kind of dry the funniest thing about it is that it's being orchestrated by men dressed up as gorillas mm. uh right and you think that's gonna be a lot funnier than it is and it is kind of funny at first but then it just kind of like like deflates and you can really like feel it happening where it's like uh okay movie you're you're losing the timing here like every comedic beat you could have hit has has sailed. It's 100%. not. It's not here anymore. Hundred percent. So, regardless of the fact that your characters are dressed up as gorillas, it's just not that funny. Yeah. Um. But I did enjoy uh, when they were actually making their escape, and there's that weird like figure eight section that they're doing with the cars as they're in the chase, and uh-huh. you can always hear Clouseau just screaming, just <laughs> saying his, his his lines in the back of the truck. So it's like it, it's getting like uh, really loud and then really far away. But he never stops talking, right. and it's just so that that was amusing. Um, and then they, the fact that they all crash head on at yeah. the very end is good. The funniest thing in the movie is honestly, it's one quick like throwaway moment. It's just when um, when they're making that escape and they're driving away, his men who are dressed up as the zebra are running after them. Yeah. So you got this man in the middle of a square just watching these cars go in this figure eight fashion, and then there's like a long beat. Two guys dressed as zebras run across the frame. <laughs> and that cracked me up. I actually kind of like busted out laughing because that right. was just so insanely ridiculous. Yeah. But that's it. Like the fact that I can honestly count on one hand how many times I laughed in the movie is a problem. 100%. It really is. 100%. Listen, thank God the movie did well. And yeah. Like you just think about how many potential film franchises have come and went because they didn't have the box office success that the Pink Panther did. Yeah. Like if, if there are just so many of these movies that have flopped over the years that if they were really given a chance to do it again, would certainly do it right. Um, this movie was a box office smash. Yeah. That's the thing. Most of these movies did very well at the box office. Return yeah. of the Pink Panther, when that movie came out, it became the highest grossing comedy of all time. <laughs> the fourth movie in this franchise became the highest grossing movie of, uh, comedy of all time. Um, and so much so that after this movie, I think debuted in December of 1963, they rushed Shot in the Dark into production and got it out within six months of the initial film. So it was insanely quick. Oh my God. Yeah. That turnaround. Um, how quickly did they write the script? Well, I'll explain that now. Anything else you want to say about that first one? 
I'm, I'm very underwhelmed. Uh, at least when I, when I saw this, it's like, okay, Pink Panther series, not a good start. What else you got? Okay. Yeah. Oh, and I also, by the way, said to you via text message because you were a little concerned and I said, just know this is my least favorite movie of the canon Pink Panther films. This is my least favorite one. It's the one I've seen the least. And there's more to come. Yes, there. And certainly there was. Including 1964's A Shot in the Dark. Also written and directed by Blake Edwards. Starring Peter Sellers, Elkie Summer, George Sanders, and Herbert Lom. <laughs> Inspector Dreyfus. Oh, my God, <laughs> Inspector Dreyfus. <laughs> Nominated for Best Costume Design at the BAFTAs. Really? As a matter of fact, AFI says it is the number 48 best comedy of all time, this movie. Okay. Inspector Jacques Clouseau investigates the murder of Mr. Benjamin Ballon's driver at a country estate. So, you're wondering how fast did they write this script? Well, I'll tell you. Oh. This movie is an adaptation of a French play called Le Idiot. Ah. The movie was adapted for Broadway. It starred Walter Matthau. Blake Edwards was handed this script in the early 60s by the studio, and uh, he just didn't care for it. He didn't care for it. And Peter Sellers was in talks to star in the movie, and he's like, you know what, guys? I don't think I'm going to do it. Unless we can make this main character Clouseau. This was not written as a Clouseau movie. This was Ah, written as its own individual mystery. It obviously had elements of comedy. It's about a bumbling buffoon. But we need Peter Sellers here, and we need Clouseau to do his Clouseau thing. So they reworked the script. Studio said, fine. Peter Sellers signed on, and they got this thing done wicked quick. Rest is history. This right here is the movie that the Pink Panther series becomes the Pink Panther series. Ironically, because it's called A Shot in the Dark. It's the only one that does not include the name Pink Panther. (laughs) (laughs) Weird, but... 100%. Okay. Debut of Dreyfus. Debut of Kento! Debut of Francois. Mm -hmm. Francois, one of the most underrated characters in this series. (laughs) I love Francois. (laughs) Listen carefully, Francois. You'll learn something. <laughs> yes. Now, let me uh, let me say my piece, and then you can go. Um, I watched this movie as a kid, of course, and I remember being very underwhelmed by it the first time I saw it. No Pink Panther music, no Pink Panther animation. There was a good score, and you still had like the Clouseau animation, but all of the Pink Panther stuff, all of that, uh, you know, all of that iconography was not really included in it. Um, I remember seeing the nudist scene and thinking, this is hilarious. I remember the voice again not being quite there. I remember it being not as quotable as the other movies. But I continually heard, especially from AFI, who put it number 48 all time, that this was the best Pink Panther movie. And I remember bumping up against that and struggling with that. And again, I'd seen it several times over the years and I'd watched a bunch of clips, but I never really quite got there. So last night I sat down, I watched this movie again. Um... And, uh, you know, I think 12-year-old me stands behind the previous point of view, but I think 25-year-old me has certainly come a long way with this movie Mm -hmm. because I fucking love it. I love it. Yeah? Yeah. Do you? I do. So do I. Yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. (laughs) So do I. Hell yeah. Yep. This fact. This movie kicks ass. Hell yeah. (laughs) Fact. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Not as quotable as the other ones. Fact. 
<laughs> Aside from that. Don't ruin the bit. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I hate you Keep so going. much. Don't kill the bit. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't even necessarily say it has the same level of memorable set pieces as the later entries, like Return of the Black Panther. Yep. Um, man, though, like in terms of just like a whole film and, and everything from the craftsmanship to the direction to the writing, the comedy, the, the cinematography. I'm not kidding. The cinematography, mm. especially in that opening sequence. Great. Um, it's Hitchcockian right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I kept thinking of Rear Window. Uh, yes, me too. And there you go. Uh, to just Peter Sellers in this movie. I might ha- happen to agree. This could be my favorite. Uh, yeah. Here's the full scene, by the way, for context. The body of the chauffeur was found in the bedroom of the second maid. Fact. Cause of death, four bullets in the chest. Fact. (laughs) Bullets were fired at close range from a .25 caliber Beretta automatic. Fact. Maria Gambrelli was discovered with a murder weapon in her hand. Fact. Now then, Hercule, what is the inescapable conclusion? Maria Gambrelli killed the chauffeur. What? You idiot. Impossible. She's protecting someone. (laughs) So good. And now, the voice is not quite there yet. It's not as exaggerated as it is in later films. Some might say this is actually the perfect balance of the two. I I happen to agree with that. Yeah, there are a lot of people that say he sort of laid it on a little too thick with the later French accents. Um, Me, of course, I'm not going to say that. Uh, But yeah, it's just starting to get there. They introduce Cato, a, a big part of this franchise. They introduce Dreyfus, who I think is like the linchpin in many ways. Like he might be the most valuable player of this franchise. Well, he certainly becomes the most valuable player. Yeah, I like him as a compliment to Clouseau and uh, an incredible as a, foil as a as an aspect of the audience's perspective on Clouseau because <laughs> there is that part of us that's like. I could fucking kill this guy. <laughs> but you never quite lose your mind in the way that he literally does. So. <laughs> right. Several times over. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really important to have a villain like this. You know, Sir Charles Linton is not like a good enough villain. It's not a compelling enough no. villain. Um, he is like, yeah, he could be my favorite character in this whole thing. Like I might have had more laughs at his expense than I ever did at Clouseau. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when he shoots himself in the face in that fourth movie. Oh my it's God. Just it's so funny. Incredible stuff. Get me a new nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they figured it out here. Yeah. They cracked the code. They figured it out and they reworked a script that was already there. It was a compelling enough mystery in the way that the rest of these movies aren't. I, I think like the mystery is just totally besides the point in the rest of these. And it, it, it's, I don't know if it's re- really even a criticism because I just sort of picked up that the movies don't really care about that at all. I could hardly tell what was going on half the time. It's yeah. just such a mess of shenanigans. It's like, that's what the movie is. And the, again, in the, it, I, I can't believe I'm comparing fucking Friday the 13th to the pink Panther, <laughs> but similarly here, or it's like, you could really t- break down the story if you want to, if you're, if you, if you're going to be that lame, go ahead. But guys, it's just about Jason walking around, slashing people in creative and fun ways. Right. Cool. And similarly here, the, the hijinks that Clouseau gets into are just wonderful. And it's the most respectable, I think of the bunch again, in the same way that Jason lives is the most respectable entry there where, it's just there's something about the craftsmanship there and the handling of the story and the characters. There's nothing like 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 
trashy about that movie. It's just a good fun romp. No, and there's so, a lot of elegance here. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. This one feels like the the most I don't know mannered in a way, while also still being a really uh, funny comedy. But the, the 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 idea here, which I my reading of the film is that it is a straight story. It's mm-hmm. a very very straight uh, murder mystery. Everything about it is this this uh, you know like like plain story in a way, just and kind of serious at times, but. All you do is drop Clouseau into that story and just watch him tear it apart. Right. And the the way that incrementally builds as the movie goes along was just cracking me up. And it gets – by nature, it gets funnier as it goes along. Yeah. So I had a great time with this one. Yeah. I I think that's a very elegant way of saying it. Yeah. There is a real sort of like class and debonair quality to the way that Blake Edwards makes his movies. Yeah. I don't think he's a great director. I don't give him credit for a lot of these films. You know, I, I think like, you know, I mean, yes and no, I, I, I don't go, I don't take away the credit from him, but it's, I certainly don't give as much credit as he takes for the movie but no, okay, well, because he, I think himself said like, yeah, Peter Sellers just could never do physical comedy. And I had to like walk him through how to do physical comedy. They hated each other more on that later. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think like here, this is just like a very like, um, just like a very traditional story genre that he's playing around in. Um, it, it's just like a, a chamber piece. It's just like a, a chamber drama comedy in the style of like, again, an Agatha Christie mystery or, you know, something like knives out, which came out last year. It certainly borrows a lot from this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, clue is another one. Yeah. And those like murder mysteries, those whodunits, like you can never go wrong with that format. And then when you also include just a brilliant comedic character and a brilliant comedic performer, like at the end when he breaks the fourth wall and looks right into the camera <laughs> as the entire like uh, the staff of this mansion is fighting with each other, it's just incredible, man. It's yeah. just it's like you're watching like Mystery Science Theater three thousand, you know, when he just you're watching almost you're watching the mystery along with Clouseau, mm-hmm. and I would just rather watch anything with Clouseau. I'd rather watch NFL football with Clouseau next to me. You know? Yeah, I mean, he, he would have your television broken by the end of the game before it's even over. Right. But, you know, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. No you problem. Know. Yeah, I don't have any issue with it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Gotta sneak up on me and surprise me. <laughs> Gotta stay sharp. <laughs> How great is the gag, by the way? <laughs> so a- we should explain, yeah, explain who Kato is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cato, I, I guess you could call him his uh, assistant in a way. Kinda. Uh, he answers the phone, you know. So Caruso residence <laughs> works as a secretary. <laughs> Basically, what he is is um, Clouseau's hired cock blocker. Kinda, yeah, and sure. That, and <laughs> it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, I mean, he is a master of taekwondo. This is what I've never been clear on. Is Kato the karate master or is Clouseau the karate master that is teaching Kato? I don't know what the racial implications are there. Uh, because, but, like Clouseau says several times, you're getting much better, Kato. Yes, that I know. Much improved. As he's laying on the floor knocked out. I can't hear what you're saying, but okay. <laughs> and Clouseau is, is flinging around the nunchucks. And they fly off. It's like, why do you have nunchucks, man? <laughs> Why do you have? What are you gonna do why do you have them? a morning star? What is this? You're a fucking French inspector. Uh, it's great though, man. I mean, he, he's basically there for to to for to train um um Clouseau's awareness, his instinct, his instinct. Yeah, C- they you, they train by fighting, but he only wants to be attacked when he doesn't see it coming. The man. <laughs> 
<laughs> the man who has instruction. The man who has the the least amount of awareness of any character I've ever seen in a movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, I guess Kato's not doing a very good job. Uh, <laughs> no, he's doing a great job. He's attacking he? Clouseau when he's having sex. <laughs> That's a great. That's the last time I see it coming. When I'm having sex, when I'm in the shower. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> you think Clouseau would be a little more capable at that point, but I guess not. Well, Kato, why is Kato in this movie? I don't. Fucking where does Kato come from? That's what I wasn't able to figure out. Is where Kato came from along the way. Like, like the, just the this, research behind. Yeah, that? this Asian man who just randomly lives with Clouseau, who Clouseau calls his yellow friend several times that was a little uh, and asks to be like a little bit dated i'll give you that no and asks to be attacked at random moments for martial arts purposes well the the, the joke is that oh an assassin has come to 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 get uh Clouseau, and you're like oh my god okay i guess he's he's fighting him now and then it just turns out oh it's one of his his buddies right. helping him out which is funny it's like huh Okay, weird. Yeah. Um, the fact that he sticks around, though, this is commitment. How do you pay a man to do this? <laughs> I don't think he pays him. I think he just he doesn't. Like, I think he just bums around in the apartment. What? <laughs> no, I think he's similar to Cato Kalen and that he just hangs out in OJ's guest house. Another famous Cato from history. I didn't know this. Yes. The reference was to Cato from the Green Hornet. That was my. But yeah, I, I, I actually think he's a little closer to Cato Kalen in that way. You know, he just sort of hangs out there. Moving on. <laughs> Kato's great. We love Kato. Yeah. Here's the other, another note I want to make about Kato. I, I don't want to talk too much about the new movies, but the 2006 Pink Panther completely ruins this character. Like it violates, they cast uh, Jean Reno, the, the guy from uh, the five bloods earlier this year, but like French actor, he is not an Asian man. Um, and he is not just like a guy that lives in his apartment, but is his actual like, police partner he is like his second in command his lieutenant um which defeats the purpose like cluso is not supposed to have a professional partner and he's certainly not supposed to have a professional partner that like doesn't know he's a moron like it's cool everybody at the police station in these original movies know how much of an idiot that cluso is so once you put a guy underneath him that sort of like trains him and is taken under his wing defeats the purpose of like Mm -hmm. that entire part of his identity right yeah and it's also just funnier having a guy living at the apartment just attacking him. Yeah, I mean, well, taking that and, and giving him an assistant, too. Again, it, it, it's totally a little out of whack. I mean, I, I just think the idea of, like you said, having this Asian man living in uh, uh, Clouseau's apartment for seemingly no reason other than to try to beat the shit out of yeah, him. Yeah, there's an absurdism that's just hilarious. And that's just these movies, though. Yeah, it's undeniable. Yeah. And you again, you you sink yourself into all of the ideas that the Pink Panther is in this movie. Yeah. Because at first you see that and you're like, whoa, what? Oh, oh, okay. And then by the end of it, it makes perfect sense. Right. Which is why I just love the way this movie progresses. I had a great a great time just with just just sinking into it. Right. Yeah. It's it's so much funnier that it is not a cop. That it's yes. not somebody in a professional capacity mm-hmm. because his professional life is such a disaster on yeah. every level. Yeah. Like there's no reason why anybody would listen to him. But random guy that's just bumming around from apartment to apartment that wants to get better at martial arts that i buy <laughs> we that, don't. that's no but that's how much of a loser and a drifter you have to be in order to take like clouseau's word seriously we don't but we <laughs> we don't even know who it is like we're not sure if he's act he's got to be paying him right Come no on. i don't think so no i think that's just his friend <laughs> what no i honestly think that's just his friend 
That's really confusing. <laughs> no, I think like they just, I don't know, maybe they met at like a martial arts class or something. We know that Clouseau over the years has attended many classes. He is a student of many disciplines, including oh, yes. gymnastics and other <laughs> athletics. Good stuff. You know, so I know I honestly think like they're just buddies and he's just living there rent free and he'll answer the phone that, and attack him at random moments. That is loyalty right there. I love it. Cato. Uh, is there anything for me? My favorite gag is when uh, Clouseau is just bumbling around and he does something stupid and he keeps getting arrested. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, it's so good when the, the truck drives by and then the, the balloons sma- are hanging on the, the back. smash cut. <laughs> it just cracks me up every time. With the French police siren, which is funnier than any country's police <laughs> siren. <laughs> yep. There's just a natural comedy to just that sound. It's so good. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, you know, Dreyfus is doing Dreyfus things. Dreyfus, uh, of course, the commissioner, the uh, the the head of the police department, and Clouseau's boss, who, with that eye twitch, eventually goes insane and begins several assassination attempts on on Clouseau. When that happens, I'm like, whoa! Which results in collateral damage. <laughs> like, like people are dying; and they're not even addressing it. It's so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> that and I'm glad they didn't abandon that gag because they could. They I, I kept thinking, like, oh, you could do so much more with that gag, and they do. They went all the way with it. Whoa, do they go? All and the there way. was no apologies for <laughs> no. it at the end of the movie, which no. is another thing that I love when a comedy is just unapologetic yeah, in its ending. You know, like Dreyfus doesn't need comeuppance. We don't need comeuppance. We don't need like a sense of satisfaction at no. the end of this story. You know, we're not looking for a clean ending. Um, None of them really have that, though. Right. It is okay to end this movie with a giant explosion and all of the suspects slash murderers are blown up in a fiery blaze. Mm -hmm. That is totally fine. And sure, give Dreyfus his job back. No reason why he can't keep keeping commissioner. (laughs) By return to the Pink Panther, I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) What are you doing? Okay, here's what you don't understand, though. (laughs) So, spoiler alert. Dreyfus dies from his own murder weapon at the end of Pink Panther Strikes Again. He's back as commissioner in Revenge of the Pink Panther. What? He's back. <laughs> what? He's back. As commissioner? Yeah. <laughs> He's in. He's back. <laughs> so this is not even the most absurd return of this. Why character. am I even surprised? <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Okay. I got to see that. A uh, couple major scenes here. The first time Clouseau says the word bimp, bimp. on screen. I have a bimp. bimp. You have a bimp in your head. That is what I've been saying. Bimp. This is really when, the, again, the French accent starts taking mm-hmm. full effect. Uh, story about that is also like they started shooting on this movie. Peter Sellers just disappeared to Paris for a week. <laughs> oh, and tried to. Didn't tell Blake Edwards. He comes back. He's like, Blake, I just met a concierge in Paris and I have the voice. And uh, that's where the voice came from. In this movie, I need to see like a Peter, a proper Peter Sellers documentary. They just put out one, didn't they? About like a movie that was like a failed production. Really? Yeah, we got to talk about it. Mm. Maybe. I think it came out this year. As a matter of fact, interesting. Um, Fix, of course, we said that billiard scene is so incredible with the curved pool cue. God, I'm just like, why do you have a curved? Pool and you cube. know exactly where it's going. Oh my god! Yeah. When he takes that bridge, and he goes, "Yes, the bridge cue. I prefer the traditional cue myself." <laughs> I, I here's the thing. I knew as he was reaching for it before he even I, I saw him picking a cue <laughs> that he was going to pick the bridge. Right. <laughs> you know exactly me. where that's going the entire time, but it's still hilarious. It's st- the payoff is still great. Oh my god, it's so funny. Yeah. 
Uh, it's great. It's a great movie. I'm glad I watched it again because yes. now it's actually moving up my rankings. It's really, really good. For me, it's either number one or number two. Okay. We'll talk about it. It's close. I need to pee and then we'll come back and we'll talk Inspector Clouseau. Okay. All right. We're back. 1968's Inspector Clouseau is next on the list. Directed by Bud Yorkin. Bud Yorkin. Interesting figure, by the way. Explain. Bud Yorkin. Um, went on to be a fairly successful executive producer, uh, producing two of my favorite films of all time, one being Blade Runner and the other one being Blade Runner 2049. Wow. Interesting, huh? Incredible. Interesting. I'm blown away by that. Isn't it weird after seeing <laughs> Inspector Clouseau? <laughs> Starring Alan Arkin, not Peter Sellers, Frank Finlay, and Delia Borcado. A string of robberies has occurred in Britain, and it's up to Inspector Clouseau to catch the criminal. Story here. Again, 1964, Shot in the Dark comes out, does gangbusters at the box office. Studio cannot wait to make another Inspector Clouseau movie. Uh, However, the experience on set at a Shot in the Dark was so painful for both Blake Edwards and Peter Sellers that they did not want to work with each other again. They refused to work with each other after that experience on that movie. They fought constantly on set. Peter Sellers, we know, is a bit of a, a, a crotchety actor sometimes to work with. Yeah. Um, Stanley Kubrick once said about him after Dr. Strangelove that he got three actors the price of six. Um, <laughs> that's how difficult he was on set of that movie and how expensive he was as well. Um so, like, that has always been his reputation. Blake Edwards, I don't think, really suffers a fool all that much. Um, so that uh, that partnership ended, ended uh, not so amicably. They eventually did reconcile in 1968 with a movie called The Party. Both of them start... Uh, Blake Edwards directed that film. Peter Sellers starred in it. And actually, Henry Mancini did the score as oh, well. Oh, I see. I see. Uh, Henry Mancini did not do the score for this one, 1968. It did have some of the original screenwriters back in the writer's room for this. But this was just an example of like the studio needed to like just churn out another Pink Panther movie because they could not afford not to. So Alan Arkin steps in, had just made a movie called The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming two years earlier was a smashing success in that movie. A lot of fanfare. Uh, he was seen as like a, a young budding comedy star. And in many ways he was, I love me some Alan Arkin. Me too. Love him. Uh, this though, I would not say is a match made in heaven. <laughs> Fuck this movie. It's so bad. <laughs> it's really not good. It's so bad. Ooh, this movie's not good. Oh, uh, wow. It's the, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is um, the only one of what, what I saw that I would consider objectively, no matter how you put it, a bad movie. Yeah. And in a way, everyone involved should be ashamed. I don't know what the hell they did with this. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, none of this worked. None of this worked. Talk about a movie that just fundamentally doesn't understand the character no. and doesn't understand the comedy of these situations. Like, it is just really bad on every level. Yeah, man. I did not laugh i at least had that in the first one one or two times nothing in here so lost the entire way through alan arkin is so tired the entire way through it feels like he's just constantly such a lifeless performance isn't it it's it's just he's constantly walking around cross-eyed right like like with his head spinning like that which 
works for Alan Arkin more often than not. Sure. Like Glengarry Glenn Ross, that's the point of that character. He is like a tired businessman that just wants to get out of here and just tell the cops what they need to know. Mm-hmm. Same thing even with Argo first to a certain extent. Like that is a sort of has been Hollywood executive that has been looped into the fold because he has no other jobs, mm-hmm. you know, lined up. So like in many ways, like, yeah, Alan Arkin as a crotchety old man, even driving mistake or not, um, uh, uh, little miss sunshine. Yeah. Same sort of thing here. You need energy to play clues. Oh my God. And there was yeah. None of that. None of it at all. It's sad. And it's like, it's just, is it, I don't even know. Is it a pale impression? I don't know what he's doing in this movie. I don't either. It's just weird and alien. And I'm, I'm just like, get, get, get out of here. It's, the difference here too, is that like, I actually enjoy being with with Peter Sellers throughout the duration of both of those movies like whenever he's on it's like even though I didn't love what he was doing in the first movie at least I I felt a little better whereas like here it's it's like Jesus Christ I just feel so bad for this guy that he's here at all yeah you know and um as far as like laying out like a a story to hang your comedy movie on uh boy man I, I what 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 happened in this movie can you tell me what happened? No, no, okay. No. <laughs> what I I oh god! It and hurt, you know what? I can't even find about. a Wikipedia summary no. because <laughs> this movie is so little seen. No one seen it. That's the reason why growing up, I never watched it. It was never on TV. It was never available on demand. I couldn't get mm-hmm. it at Blockbuster. Uh, nowhere. I I had to rent this thing. You understand? I I spent oh, money so to rent this piece of shit. I'm so sorry. God damn this movie! It just really bothered me at the end of it all like ugh. i mean it's not like i don't it's i'm not putting it in, in my ranks of like most hated movies but mm, you came pretty damn close movie yeah <laughs> well put it in my ranks of most really hated movies. well <laughs> this is very sacred to me and if you yeah, fuck I know. with the sacred source text like i'm gonna be pissed off at you like there's nothing in this like that 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 was established in the previous movie that works so well yeah Right. What the hell? You're 100% right. Now, I, again, I don't want to complain too much about this movie. I want to just talk about it in relation to the other ones. Um, Alan Arkin, you're 100% right. The voice is not funny. The mannerisms are not funny. Are you opening a Milky Way? Is that what's happening right now? I'm sorry. Am I boring you? I had it in my pocket. I wanted to eat it. Okay. Well, you picked the right time to pull it out, I guess. Just, Okay. Delicious. Continue. All right, you satisfied? I'll take more bites later on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> don't know what's happening with the accent. Like his default seems to be chaos and screaming. Yeah. And I, and I don't know why he made that choice, but the original Clouseau character, as Peter Sellers plays him, very rarely screams. No. You know, he'll get agitated and he'll do like the ah when he falls. But this is a guy that always believes that he's in control of every room that he's in. Yes. He always believes that he has a firm grasp on things. And so at the end of this movie, like there's a moment where he's breaking down mm-hmm. with his girlfriend, I guess, his quote unquote girlfriend. And he says how much of a failure he is as a detective, how I don't even, I don't deserve to have this signed picture of Sean Connery. And he takes <laughs> this picture of Sean Connery out of his wallet and starts ripping it up. Clouseau would never do that. Clouseau is a buffoon, but he doesn't realize how much of a buffoon he is. But that's the thing. Like, not only is he lying to the world by successfully solving crimes, he's lying to himself. He believes he's a good detective. Never does self-doubt even creep into the equation. So for Alan Arkin to play this movie 
or to play this character so frustrated and so in over his head and so nervous and, and, and panicked makes no sense. It's just completely antithetical to what Peter Sellers is doing. And I hate to say it. Yeah, that's true. It sucks because like you would think that Alan Arkin would be able to understand that. Yeah. It's just because he's not a comedically devoid guy. He's actually quite funny. So yeah, he's hilarious most of the time, but like it's it's annoying because I don't, I don't think the Peter Sellers character is hard to understand too. No. So the fact that they went so off the rails here is a little confounding to me. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I just like I, the entire almost any other scene. I'm like, what are you doing, movie? Do, that's that's just not what would happen, right? That's not what I was built to understand this character as, and the yelling thing especially. Oh my god! Like where I don't, I don't remember what it was. Oh, where he realizes he had his his like pudding, his his cake bugged. Yes, and he stands up and yells at the 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 the, the, the oh my god! Yeah, as, as high as his voice can register. And I'm just like, this is not Clouseau. (laughs) First of all, the accent is breaking when you're doing it. So, uh, you know, what you don't understand is 70% of the comedy is his voice. Yes. (laughs) And this is a guy I will fight for these movies to the death, man. But I acknowledge 70% of the laughs are the voice. Like, I I am laughing at the same joke over and over again because Clouseau does not know how to pronounce his O sounds. I I get it. (laughs) I get it, right? You got to commit to the bit. You have to commit and you have to understand the character. There is a pathos to this character. Yeah, yeah. Whether or not you acknowledge it, whether or not you, you you shrug off these movies, there is a pathos to every successful comedy character. And that is why comedy acting is such an underrated yeah, craft. You know, it's such an underrated discipline. You need to get into the character. Most comedy, 90% of comedy is character-based. That's why sitcoms work well. That's why stand-up works well. Is because you learn about a particular character, the character of the person that's delivering these jokes, and you not only laugh at the punchline, you laugh at the person delivering that punchline. And that is why a lot of times comedy is hard to do in film because you don't have enough time to develop a particular character. Here, there is no attempt. It's Alan Arkin doing a French accent and I guess doing his old Alan Arkin thing. And there are a few pratfalls and some giggles along the way. Um, but it just it fundamentally understands that pathos and that motivation. And it really bothers me to no end. Yeah. You know, I know what else to say about the movie. It's really not good. Yeah. And I oh boy, Fact. it's really not good. <laughs> Yeah, also, I, does I, Clouseau I, sing? Clouseau doesn't sing. Nope. I've never seen Clouseau sing. He does sing. He does sing. He does. At the, enough. Uh, 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 the Pink Panther strikes again. Which one? What, what does he sing in that? Remember when he's going to bed with the girl at the end and she tells him to sing and she's like, your voice. And that's... Okay. Remember, like, barely. When asked to sing. Yes. But he doesn't spontaneously break into song. No. No. Again, that's... A, I, I know... He's not a theater kid. No. I know that character, too, but that's not Clouseau. Yeah. I don't like to be that guy that's like... <sighs> You know, in this case, I, I I should be this this way, where it's like you know, it's okay to make changes to like your movie or your your subsequent films, whatever. But yeah, keeping the the heart and soul of this character is very important for the identity of the series. And again, it's just completely missed that. And man, like like the the whole plot of this movie, the scheme that they were doing, just was absurd to me. I mean, the masks I hated so much. Yeah. So this is a Bond movie. Yeah. Is what this is. They decided to make a Bond movie, Mission Impossible, yeah, spy yeah. thriller. It's um, so distracting. And it's incredibly distracting. Like, there's a scene ripped right out of Bond. It's like Q is here to give you your gadgets. Mm-hmm. And here is an inflatable jacket. And here is a laser beam 
uh, lighter, and here's a belt that shoots bullets. And again, watching that, I'm like, no movie. No, it's not a Bond movie. Right. <laughs> but yeah. if you were to give this stuff to Clouseau initially, he would just destroy it immediately. Yeah. Right. Like, Peter Sellers would have improvised the shit out of this script. That room that you were in as you're giving him these gadgets would have blown up by the end of the scene. Right. He shouldn't have any of this stuff <laughs> exactly. at his disposal. Exactly. It should go wrong immediately. You can. You, now, yes, exactly. You can do that scene. Yeah. But no way he's leaving that room with any of the shit you're giving no him. No way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I, I have to stress this ending really pissed me off it's on awful. just on the it's cinematic awful. like it's awful literally as soon as he realizes okay i can do this i'm i'm a good detective a good detective and whatever the movie is over in all of like 30 seconds i'm yeah. like what was this editing right. oh my god this editing was giving me an aneurysm yeah it's so bad man everything on a technical level from a story level performance wise it's just it comedically nothing works here yeah no, this this movie just fundamentally doesn't understand the character. Yeah. And yeah. that's really what it comes down to. And also, <sighs> these movies aren't that good. Okay? They're not that good. They're not good enough to survive without him. That's yeah. my only point. All right? They're fine. The scripts are fine. The direction is fine. Blake Edwards is competent. Like, all of this is true. It's all his improv. It's all his ad-libbing. It's all of the stuff that's not on the page. I am about to do a a dissertation on all of the stuff that is not on the page over these next two movies. And I, I I'm, I'm going to break this thing down frame for frame, <laughs> free, frame by frame for you. You need that comedic presence in the room. If you take that guy out of the room, the kitchen falls apart. You need that cook in the kitchen. Okay. You just need it. Like if you let the, the inmates run the asylum, it's just going to be a disaster. And that's what happened here. You need the sheriff. I know. You need the warden. It it sucks too. It's just pathetic. It's not even like a Frankenstein's monster scenario or anything like that. You just watch it and it's just like it's sad. I watched it, it like why you even attempted that. The audacity to even attempt this this routine. It just bothers me, and I just walk away from you as you're still doing your routine. Yep. That's literally what it felt like. Hundred uh, percent. We're on the exact same page on that one, and uh, that's that. I want to be done with it. It's yeah. out of my life. Yeah. I'm not going to think about it ever again. It's gone. Erasing it from my consciousness. <laughs> All right. Here we go. 1975 rolls around. Mm. Seven years after Inspector Clouseau, many considered this franchise to be dead in the water. Yes. Peter Sellers, Blake Edwards had you know, somewhat reconciled, but they were not really on great terms. Um, but somehow they make it happen. The Return of the Pink Panther. 1975. Over a decade since... Peter Sellers' last appearance as Clouseau. Blake Edwards is back as director. Peter Sellers, Christopher Plummer, Catherine Schell, and Herbert Lom star in The Return of the Pink Panther. Nominated for Best Original Score, Best Actor in a Comedy, and Best Comedy Musical at the Golden Globes. Three Globe nominations for Return of the Pink Panther. Inspector Jacques Clouseau is put on the case when the Pink Panther diamond is stolen and the Phantom's trademark glove the only clue. Mm. Mm. Um, I'm going to guess this is one of your favorite movies of all time. M- my favorite Pink Panther movie. Yeah. And yeah, one of my favorite movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Right here. Mm-hmm. This is it. Yep. This is it. Yep. When I think Pink Panther, this is what I think of. Yeah. This is the Jason Lives. 
Yeah. This is my, this is, <laughs> we've come to Jason lives. We have come to the Jason lives portion of the evening. I love using that metaphor. One of these days, by the way, one of these days, huh. Friday the 13th pod way in the future. Okay. Don't worry. I'm not going to torture you anytime soon, but I don't think it's a bad idea. We could do it next week. Do you it want is Halloween next week? Do you want to do it? No, but we'll talk about it. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about okay. it. Okay. Maybe, maybe we could. Yeah. We already did Jason X earlier. Maybe next year. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about <laughs> it. Um, okay. So this is the portion of the program where I just list off bits. That's okay. Because Are you ready? I, I, I didn't expect it to be any different with this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, a couple things that I, I want to note about the movie, and then we'll talk about the bits. Opening credits, again, phenomenal. Some of the best opening credits in the entire franchise. Richard Williams, who was ultimately the animation supervisor on Who Framed Roger Rabbit, mm-hmm. does the opening credits here, some of his earlier work, does a phenomenal job with them. At this point, the Pink Panther animation is just iconic, and they make sure to do a, a gangbusters job with this one. Um, the uh, David Niven is not back as the Phantom. Charles Linton is instead played by Christopher Plummer in this movie. I guess he was not available. I think Christopher Plummer does a fine job. Yeah. Um, you know, there's not like a ton of, I don't know, not a ton of charisma on, on display there with Christopher Plummer. Not one of my favorite Christopher Plummer performances, but it is what it is. It, it is He's what fun. it is. Movie did incredibly well at the box office. Um, and here we go. You have a license, monsieur? City Ordinance 47B prohibits the playing of any musical instrument in a public place for the purpose of commercial enterprise without a license. I don't understand. It is against the law for you to play your musical instruments. The law? What? You say it's against the law? Yes, unless you have a proper license. That's Clouseau speaking <laughs> fucking idiot to a blind man <laughs> playing an accordion on the street corner with his monkey. <laughs> That's right. He's got who, a monkey who turns out oh, to be the the uh, the the eyes and ears of uh, of some bank robbers who successfully robbed the bank that yep. the blind man is playing next to. How could you forget he has a monkey? There was some question as to whether the beggar or his minky was breaking the law. <laughs> minky. What? You said minky. That is correct, yes. Chimpanzee minky. Minky. It's not a chimpanzee. <laughs> oh, that's where the comedy comes from? But it is a minky. Yes. The minky? The minky. I have been saying the minky. Again, the minky. 15 years. I haven't said monkey in 15 years. Minky. The minky. The minky. It's the minky. The minky. <laughs> it's too good. Now, the underrated part of that scene when Dreyfus is talking to him is not the minky. It's obviously a big laugh. But when Dreyfus breaks it to Clouseau that the blind man was not actually blind. He was blind. How can a blind man be a lookout? How can an idiot be a policeman? Answer me that! <laughs> Great Dreyfus line. <laughs> Dreyfus is so good in this movie. Oh, well, this this brings him to the forefront, and I think in a way that even A Shot in the Dark did not. Yes. Where it's just like he, <laughs> the way he slowly becomes an adversary of Clouseau. Yeah. It's just so wonderful. It's exactly where the character needed to go. Right. And they do a good job of playing uh, through to that, even in the next film. So as we'll talk about. They take it to its logical con- <laughs> extreme, certainly. Yes, they do. 100% um, do. Yeah, I love this movie. It's so <laughs> good. Yeah, it's really good. It's, it's, now tell me this. Are you bothered by the escalation of the accent or are you cool with it? 
why would I be bothered by it? Because a lot of people are. Like, I, I've read several reviews over the last few days that have been like, yeah, this is to the point of parody. Peter Sellers had sort of lost his fastball. and To the point of parody? Watch the movie. Yeah, it is a parody. <laughs> it is a parody. It's literally idiot. a parody. <laughs> <laughs> Kato in the freezer? The freezer? That's the best thing ever. I think it's my favorite Kato fight. The the second Kato fight, or, or the third one, I should say, in, in Strikes Again is really good, but I think this is my favorite Kato fight. It's fantastic. Yeah, where the bomb arrives. <laughs> Do you know what kind of a bomb it was? The exploding kind. <laughs> the instinct, Kato. The rare ability. I love it. Yes, instinct. I think that was in the, the... Wait a minute. Do I have instinct? You don't oh, have I didn't instinct. pull the quote! Shit. That's another thing I say all the time. Instinct. Instinct. Anytime like, I make a fantasy trade or something, or oh, anytime no. like, I, you know, I, I decide to pull a bluff in poker, it's just like instinct. That's your yeah. ability. Mm, I see. I say see. it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's just this whole movie, though. It's just like like waiting for Clouseau to come back and just like like the, uh, just just feel all the joy at his stupidity. That's it, right? You know, like you said, it's is the movie's like story remarkable? No, is the plot uh, easy to recite? Fuck no. Uh, kind of. I mean, I don't know. It's like they steal the diamond again. Also, great opening heist moment. I was like, ooh, really good. This is good. Yeah. Really, really well done. I was having a blast. It's just fun too. And again, as, as opposed to the first one like this one just flies by right it's never ever ever boring that's all i want out of these movies and again like at the end of the day it's like i need to i want to be i want to laugh i I don't want to be bored and peter sellers do your thing and it does this to maybe in terms of like the the comedic edge of things uh in terms of embracing everything that these movies are i suppose iconic for Mm -hmm. this is the best version of that yeah 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 i feel it is this the same movie where the guy's like, can I take your coat? And he just drives off with the coat. Yeah. No. <laughs> with the revolving door. That is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. There's that. Where does Blake Edwards get off thinking Peter Sellers can't do physical comedy, by the way? Where do you get off? <laughs> That's like the stupidest thing he's ever it's said. It's ridiculous. Though. Does that, is he, I, I don't know, whatever. There's only like a thousand other movies to prove you wrong. Dude. Yeah. But uh-huh. um, I think the funniest thing, it, it, I think it's this movie where he goes to the cabbie and he's like, follow that man. And yeah. then cabbie runs out and chases after the car. Clouseau's <laughs> <laughs> his confused expression as he watches the guy run away. <laughs> It's the best. It's the best. So good. I I, I do need to comment, though. I think this is, I I mean, I don't know how you trace this history, but this felt like one of the first soft reboots I've ever seen or maybe ever made. Yeah. It kind of is a soft reboot. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even technically, given what Inspector Clouseau was to the franchise, this operates as a soft reboot. Yeah, it's uh, kind of silly to put it this way. There's like... 60s Pink Panther and there's 70s Pink Panther. Yeah. Like there are eras yeah, of, you know, it's kind of like there's English Hitchcock and there's American Hitchcock, you know, like there are two distinct eras of this franchise. And I think one has just like, again, like a very stately, just like classy debonair feel to it um, with like elements of British comedy. Mm-hmm. I think actually that's how I want to put it. 
sixties Pink Panther is very British, and the seventies Pink Panther is very American. Sure. Well, yeah. oh, and you can see that a lot uh, with the cinematography in that first movie, where it's like very stagey, yeah, and the camera hardly ever moves. It's just kind of staying put as the characters are walking back and forth through the room. Whereas, like this one takes that that Spielberg approach, where it's like you can't just go here; you can go wherever the hell you want, and the camera is put next to the characters, behind them, uh, beneath them, all that stuff. Right. So, like the idea of like the proscenium arch is completely gone in this movie. You can go wherever you want. Hundred percent. So, yeah. Um, it's it's just it's just so good. I have more clips here. Um, we already played the wax. The wax. I. It's like that, and it's the it's not your fault scene from Goodwill Hunting. I think the two most watched scenes for me. Oh, the end arounders, that one, and then maybe like the Copacabana scene in Goodfellas. I see. The, those are the scenes that I have watched the most times in my life. Okay. I have studied the wax scene again, frame by frame. When he walks in and the door closes on him, <laughs> when he takes the little crane, the, 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 I don't even know what you call that. The, like the hook to like grab the evidence. Mm. He reaches over the railing to take the glove after he starts dusting for fingerprints <laughs> as to not contaminate the evidence. And then he just, grabs the glove off of the, the, the <laughs> hook anyway, which just defeats the entire purpose. <laughs> again, domestic vex. So good. Um, and that is great physical comedy. Again, when he reaches over to smell the ground, that was definitely not scripted. I guarantee you that was not in the script. Like he just fell down and he played it off. That was probably in the script, but him actually sniffing it. It's just so ridiculously funny, <laughs> ridiculously funny. Um, he also pulls that trick later on during this scene. I am from the telephone company. There is something the matter with your phone. My phone? But <laughs> You said there's something the matter with my phone. Yes. My phone? That is correct, yes. That is what I've been saying. <laughs> I love that line. That is my, that's my favorite line this yeah, entire... Yeah, 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 I just, yeah. Every time he says it, it's funny. But this is what I've been saying. That's after he rings the bell and then he, he yanks the doorbell out of the, out of the wall. When he goes back and cuts the wire, I'm just like, yes, movie. I love you, movie. <laughs> I fixed the ringing. No charge. <laughs> this guy is gonna be the end of us all oh <laughs> my god the best but so during that scene again he takes the phone he sniffs the phone and he goes no this film let's do so as this is happening oh, um the uh the, uh, the catherine shell character uh, Lady Lytton mm. is like standing behind the door giggling to herself. Um, and I always thought this was a great touch in the movie. She's one of the only characters where like she seems to be aware of what's happening yeah. and finds it funny. I was noticing that too. I thought that was like, ooh, this is the first time I've seen that yet. Yeah. So on set, she just started laughing during that scene because it, she, how was could actually, not? she was actually laughing, wasn't she? Completely genuine okay, laughter. Yeah. And Blake Edwards was like, let's just include this as part of it. I, I, I couldn't stop thinking of that, about that. It's, it didn't even bother me that I was like, she's definitely, that's definitely not scripted. There's no way in hell that's scripted. Um, but here's the thing. Not only am I not bothered by it, I actually think like it adds a really interesting dimension to this movie. Mm. Uh, not to get too far into the weeds, but like, <laughs> you know, you buy the fact that she is a character that can be responsible for a heist because she is so keenly aware of everything that has happened before, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And like, I do think like it, it's not a great performance, but it's like a very like sort of lively self-aware performance 
um, it, it's one of the first audience avatars that I can remember in any of these movies. I think the only audience avatar in any of these movies. Um, and I, I just find that character to just be just like so relatable and interesting and fun and, and lively. Okay. You know, I kind of love when just like there's a character that seems to be above it all and just is totally laughing at the joke along with the audience. Yeah. Um, and I really do think it's an interesting dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it is a well-rounded character. It's one of the few sort of well-rounded side characters in any of these movies. Okay. I yeah, really yeah, like yeah. her. In yeah, this. I like that. That's that's a good point. And yeah. Gives her an extra edge. And I think a lot of audience members sometimes need that. I love it. Love it, love it, love it when you have a character laughing at everyone else's expense. Right. There's my, my, I get that from my dad, I think. Yeah. My dad, strange aside, but there's these. there's that commercial with the monsters and there's that it's a it's a phone commercial. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, I'm sure I do, but <laughs> there, not there, at the moment. There are these. You know, there's like a puppet, and then there's a guy with a with a um, um, a scythe, and he's going to chop down the tree because he's death. And then in the process, oh sure, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's some kind of phone commercial or cable. Or I've whatever. seen it. I've seen it. But he goes to chop down the tree with his scythe, and it, the scythe breaks off. And then the puppet hasn't said a word in the entire scene. And as soon as it breaks, he just starts laughing his ass off. Right. That kind of comedy just cracks me up. Yeah, I love that stuff. And there's a lot of that with her character here. Yeah, she's a really good character. And that entire scene is is just uh, is just fantastic. Here's another one. This might be my favorite <laughs> oh, line in the entire franchise. There is one question that only you can answer. We. Oui. Does a Charles Litton have a swimming pool? <laughs> a swimming pool? <laughs> Smash cut to Clouseau in the pool repair truck. <laughs> And the brakes give out. That was the best. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Amazing. Yes, this movie got it. This movie got it in, in, in uh, God, just such a way that even like, in a way, even a shot in the dark didn't quite get. It's just like so, the comedy's so deeply embedded and fully understood here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just take it, take this gauge. We're here now. Now go. Right. And that's it. Right. Totally. Totally. Some might say it's to the point of parody. Uh, yes. Amen. 100%. Yeah. Why not? What's the deal? Again, what is the deal with that? I mean, swimming we'll, we'll talk about the next one. I'm, I, I, I take their side a little bit more there, but okay. we'll, we'll, we'll get there again. I, where I come out though, you'll see. Let's get here now. Okay. 1975 is the return of the pink Panther. Yes. Also directed by Blake Edwards. Also starring Peter Sellers. Uh, did I say return? I said I meant to say Pink Panther Strikes Again. The Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, sorry. 1976's Pink Panther Strikes Again. Blake Edwards, Peter Sellers, Herbert Lom. That's really all you need to know. Not a lot of other supporting characters that are relevant, except for like the hotel manager in Germany. Yep. That's basically all you need to know. Nominated for Best Original Song at the Academy Awards. Did it win yet? No. Damn. Do you know who sang that song? Tom Jones. That's right. Yeah. The great. Yeah. I heard I was like the sex delicious Tom Jones. I know who this is. <laughs> Charles Dreyfus, who must finally cracked over Inspector Clouseau's antics, escapes from a mental institution and launches an elaborate plan to get rid of Clouseau once and for all. Uh, last couple movies. Clouseau uh, had had pushed Dreyfus to the point of insanity. 
again in shot in the dark he ends up killing eight people in the process trying to assassinate clouseau uh at the end of this one again his plans at an assassination attempt are foiled and he is finally locked away at a mental institution and now here he has broken free and uh this movie really does fucking go for it it goes for it i end of the movie i'm like what the holy hell was that yeah this is uh at least from what i've seen by far the most insane entry no question everything is this the jason x of the franchise is it that level of out there it's it is actually close Uh um if i'm to mark them all up i mean yeah probably probably Yeah. yeah honestly I mean, everything in the kitchen sink. Definitely. <laughs> Almost literally sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm watching this movie, and at first I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. I've never seen someone not give a shit about their belongings as much as Jacques Clouseau. Stop breaking your shit. How, <laughs> how much money do you spend every year on just replacing your stuff? Oh, my God, it's giving me anxiety. He's got enough to just have a have a karate master boarded he, up in his house. He, he doesn't He's even, clearly very wealthy. He, he doesn't even blink when the guy breaks his bed. <laughs> no, no problem. It's like, yeah, all right. I'll just like shovel it out. Smashing the TV. Like, Even the explosion is not really that severe. Not to him. No. It's like, yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> it happens all the- What? <laughs> yeah, this movie is way out there. Even for these movies, I'm like, oh, okay, now we're zapping buildings a la like James Bond to, a, to <laughs> the most obvious degree. We're making them disappear. The villain is Dracula. <laughs> uh... I love the motivation. I'm like, you know, movie, his motivation being like, I want to threaten the world just to kill Jacques Clouseau. I'm going to destroy the United Nations and I'm going to hope that one of these countries will be so threatened by my death ray that they kill a random detective from France. (laughs) That is the premise of the movie. And in fact, he hires or no, I'm sorry. He kidnaps a nuclear physicist in order to build this death ray yeah. and kills it in a, or builds it in a relatively short time in his giant castle. And when they <laughs> with a <laughs> moat around it's it, it's the best. When they cut to the death ray, I'm like, "What happened, Pink Panther movies? We're, we're here now. Okay, uh, all right, uh-huh. all right. This is a lot to take in. I'm not sure if I'm ready for this. This movie's great." Yes. Here's the key, though. Here's the key. Yep. Unlike Alan Arkin in Inspector Clouseau, where the premise gets turned up to 11, Alan Arkin follows it, right? Alan Arkin follows the script. Mm -hmm. Alan Arkin grows along with the script to fill the room. Peter Sellers stays at the exact volume the whole time. And that's the key here. He does not recognize that the movie around him is more absurd than the movie prior. Mm -hmm. Like he stays at that exact same Clouseau-ness because the comedy comes from watching Clouseau have to navigate increasingly higher stakes. But he never rises to that occasion. Clouseau, you know, never... Dreyfus can go there Mm -hmm. and Herbert Lom goes there and he's brilliant in this movie. Dreyfus is incredible in this movie. And I love just the escalation of that character but that's only funny if you have Clouseau playing the straight man it's only funny if he's going to this volume and Clouseau stays right here yep on the parallel bars I agree. I you agree. know yep. so I mean that's the key like in the hands of just a slightly lesser actor if anybody else like even if Robin Williams was in this fucking yeah movie, you know it's still bombs you know what I mean like they're there are so few actors that have the confidence 
to play this character the way that Peter Sellers does here. You know, he's not stretching at all. He's not straining himself. He's not trying too hard. No, he's still a character. Yeah. Man, it's just I, – I, I guess maybe I was worried about that. I, I think with each one of these movies, I get more and more worried that he might take it a step too far. But it really is at Return of the Pink Panther, he's got it completely and he just sticks to it. Right. I sort of admire like that level of commitment to the character and not compromising for anything. Yeah. And just also understanding the fact that that is the funniest thing to do. Right. Man, it's fucking hilarious <laughs> when he's – pumping up his hunchback <laughs> he doesn't even react to floating out the window no. he doesn't even realize his feet aren't on the ground it's insanely <laughs> stupid but he's so oblivious wow it's funny there listen if there's any movie character that wouldn't realize it it's it's clouseau that is the only guy that could be that just unaware of what's happening around yeah. him put it this way is this like a great movie no no of no course hell not. no but <laughs> Of but course it, not. But again, I, I love coming back to this. Who cares? Yeah. Seriously, it's it's just so much fun. And uh, it, <laughs> the moat. <laughs> he keeps oh, the missing moat. the moat. Oh, it the takes moat. a tree branch to lunge over. <laughs> the moat is unbelievable. It's the best. It's unbelievable. And when he plays the dentist at the end, it's so good. Oh, God. It's great. Um, everybody knows this movie by this quote right here. And uh, I guess let's just play it now. Does your dear go back? Oh. Oh. Yeah, it's dear again. Oh. I thought you said your dear did not bite. That is not my talk. <laughs> That's the big one. That's the iconic quote. Maybe the most iconic quote from the whole franchise. And rightfully so. But may I suggest oh. to you that there's a better scene in this is movie? There, is there? There's a better scene. What might that be? Another scene that, again, I have freeze-framed way too many times in my life and just studied from front to back, and that is the parallel bars scene. Now, little, little uh, aside about the parallel bars scene. Um, there are, in my opinion, three just strokes of genius here. Yeah. Absolute just like, if you want to be a good comedy actor, this is what you have to do. And I remember as a child, I'd seen this movie so many times, I forgot that all of these moments were in synchronicity. I forgot that it was back to back to back. Um, it, it could be my three favorite jokes in the history of the franchise. Mm -hmm. We begin with Peter Sellers attending the home of a famous professor, a professor that has just been kidnapped by Dreyfus. He begins interrogating the staff after stumbling on the gymnasium room. Ah, uh, yes, this is the gymnasium room. <laughs> Punches the bag, whatever. <laughs> then he comes to the parallel bars, and I'm just going to let him take it away. But there is such a, there's a physical element to this that I'm going to really struggle to recreate here on podcast. But listen, and then we'll talk about it. This reminds me of my younger days at the Certe Peace Academy. The parallel bars. Okay, quick aside right there. The fact that he was a gymnast at the academy, at the police academy, this unbelievable. This man must have killed so many people. <laughs> he was a gymnast. <laughs> no, no clue. So. He was a gymnast. <laughs> I don't believe you at all. <laughs> okay, back to it. This reminds me of my younger days at the Certe Peace Academy. The parallel bars, my speciality. That was something of an astrolite, you know. Yes, yes. I was known as the Pavlova of the Parallels. Pavlova of the Parallels. Yes. 
Yes, it's all coming back now. <laughs> ah, yes, I remember. Okay, the swinging motion he does on these parallel bars are so good because he <laughs> takes it so fucking seriously. When he arrives on the bars, begins stroking the wood. Yeah. <laughs> he does that thing where he just starts petting it back and forth like, ah, yes, it's all coming back to me now. Anytime I play like mini golf or something or I'm, I'm playing basketball and I'm making a couple shots in a row immediately yes it's all coming back to me now (laughs) yes and he does that swing pavlon of the pavl or pavlova of the parallels amazing my speciality that's genius number one then he falls down the stairs and finds the crew yeah begins talking to the crew interrogating them like nothing happened (laughs) like nothing happened and talking to the cook the beekeeper the gardener the maid and mixes up the details. The direct quote here is a beekeeper who's lost his voice, a cook who thinks he's a gardener, and a witness to murder. Murder? You said murder. What's murder? Look, then he looks at the guy. Why he's in a full bee suit, I don't know. But why he looks at that guy is like, what are you? It's the beekeeper. <laughs> I did not. Bee- a- I did not ask you. <laughs> the beekeeper who's lost his voice. I thought you were the cook. He's the gardener. A cook who thinks he's a gardener. <laughs> that seems great. When he tries to fix the fucking uh, suit of armor. Oh. Oh my god. The piano. Oh. Okay. So wait for it. Now there's a scene before the piano. We'll get to the piano in a second. But he's speaking to one man i think he's speaking to the maid Mm. and then the gardener pipes up in the background this is the moment here if i want to talk about my favorite ad lib in the history of film this is it right here it's not like the joker messing around with the buttons in dark knight some of that shit uh it it is this moment where cluso hears a voice he hears the gardener talking behind him and rather than just turning around like any other actor would have done, rather than turning around, we cut to close up on Clouseau, who starts, he rotates his eyeballs. I've seen this so many times, I'm telling you. Rotates the eyeballs up to the top of his head, although he's hearing voices, <laughs> which is such a brilliant way of playing that scene. He's such a bumbling buffoon. He hears a voice and can't comprehend that someone off screen is talking to him. So he assumes I must be coming, becoming schizophrenic. You know what I mean? Like I must like, where is that voice coming from? I guarantee you that wasn't on the page. That's the thing that I picked up on like the 15th time I watched the scene mm. and it just destroyed me when I realized that, that was interesting. In interesting. So, good then we get to the steinway (laughs) clouseau at this point has somehow gotten a knight's armor onto his hand and it's got one of those spiked balls around a chain hanging from it um and after examining the 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 facts of the case (laughs) ends up smashing the steinway and this is the line but that's a priceless steinway not anymore (laughs) again my father and i oh turns out ricky got divorced he used to be married happy marriage (laughs) every time every time you know the jets were really in super bowl contention constantly just a part of my vocabulary yeah the word it's just one phrase and it's all you know just a lot of u and e sounds just put that in nico's dictionary is its own word and then we have this one which is sort of a reprise of the shot in the dark moment where he's listing the facts 
of the case. What do we know? One, that Professor Fassbinder and his daughter have been kidnapped. <laughs> Two, that someone has kidnapped them. <laughs> kidnapped. Three, <laughs> that my is. hand is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> kidnapped. Kidnapped. Someone has kidnapped them. <laughs> I would love to be in the room with this man. Uh, That's it right there. That and the wax, my two favorite scenes, like maybe ever. Wow. So amazing. All right. Amazingly good. It's great. Same year as Taxi Driver, by the way. Could be better than Taxi Driver. You know, we really, we really snubbed this movie. We did. Really should have given it a nomination. Should have given it a look. Whose fault is it? Totally mine. Yep. All mine. Um... By the way, the drag queen that performs at the drag bar. Yeah. The butler from the mm-hmm. mansion. Uh, voiced by Julie Andrews. Really? Wife of Blake Edwards. So that, that singing? Julie Andrews. What? Yes. Now that's the nuttiest fact I've heard today. <laughs> Julie Andrews had actually filmed a cameo for Return of the Pink Panther. It was left on the cutting room floor. Was she okay with this? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Her husband made the movie. Okay. No, she recorded it for the movie. Okay. This was specifically recorded for the movie. Did they tell her what it was going to be used for? Oh, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. I know actors are very, like, like I don't know, harmonious about that stuff. Especially Dame Judy and yeah, Julie like, Andrews. You're going to put my voice on a, <laughs> yes. on a drag queen? Yeah. It's great stuff. Amazing. Amazing movie. And as we mentioned, Dreyfus is killed by his own death ray at the end of the movie, and the, he comes back. The, the third... <laughs> crazy to me the third act of this movie again like just goes for it in a way that i've i i I certainly didn't expect when i started the pink panther right the fact that it became this is just like blowing my mind 100 so yeah and also nothing to do with the diamond at all no no (laughs) well yeah that was the other thing i'm like oh yeah this ain't gonna be about the diamond is it yeah Mm -mm. yeah um yeah what can i say it's great stuff the key is if you're gonna go for it you gotta you gotta have peter sellers at the reins you have to didn't Roger Moore play Peter or Jesus uh, Clouseau at one point? I think he did. Roger Moore? Yeah. When did he play Clouseau? I don't know. In like a little thing, like a little bit part. I think it was on TV. I'm not entirely sure. Oh, really? Yeah. I need to track that down. Now that makes no sense. Uh Oh, no. I Actually, I, I do know about this. Um, the Curse of the Pig Panther, which is one of those later movies... At the end, they show a Clouseau in silhouette from behind, just sort of saying that, oh, you thought I was dead, but actually I'm alive, having a laugh at everyone's expense. Oh. That person is Roger Moore. Uh, I see. I see. Oh. So not really. It's like five seconds and you never see his face. Okay. All right. That's that. We're done. What are we doing? Talk to me. Hold on. I need to finish my Milky Way. Okay. Finish the Milky Way. Mm. And then tell me which one of these masterpieces deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame. All of them. Okay. Every single... You know what? (laughs) Can we break format? Can we put all five in? (laughs) Not all five. Not all five. No, three. Yeah, fuck that. Okay, so the original Pink Panther, obviously, we're crossing off as Inspector Clouseau. Yeah. uh, Because, come on. (laughs) That would actually be kind of hilarious. Yeah. They're all winners. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think now? Um, It's not Pink Panther Strikes Again. I think you're right. Yeah, as much fun as much fun as that movie is. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Yeah, no, this is what it comes down to. Do we pick uh, 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 Friday the Thirteenth Part Four or Jason Lives? 
One is the best of the original Friday the 13th, and one is the best movie. So, And, and which one are you referring to? You're saying Shot in the Dark is the best movie and Return yeah. of the Pink Panther is the most Pink Panther? Yeah, and that's the question. Right. Yeah, I, I also think like it comes back to this idea of... Um, of British Pink Panther versus American Pink Panther, yeah. the old versus the new. And, you know, now that I'm in my mid twenties and I revisited this movie with like a, a more sophisticated set of eyes shot in the dark improved a lot. The yeah. stock shot up for me over the last 24 hours. That's always better for me when a movie does that, when you revisit it and it's just like, Oh wow. I saw something that I didn't see the first time. It just shows like you're, you're literally experiencing the life of the movie. Right. So I, I'm a little I, I tend to side with that a little bit more, but I am kind of torn on this. Yeah. Return of the Pink Panther is just my thing. I mean, it is my favorite one. Um, I think it's the funniest. I think just like pound for pound. Yeah, I think so. it has the most laughs. It's uh, the best comedy, in my opinion. Um, again, maybe not the best movie, but the best comedy. Um, and look, I hear a lot of those criticisms that, you know, this is sort of a, a cash grab of a movie in many it's ways. It's not a bad movie. At but all. it's not bad. No, of course not. Of course not. So I definitely, I hear those criticisms. Um, but look, I, I'm, I'm going to let you decide because like, I, it's too close. It's yeah, I know. Too close. It, it I should really... be disqualified. Oh yeah. <laughs> for making a determination <laughs> here. So I'm going to give you the power here. It's Inspector Clouseau. It's the winner. Inspector oh, yeah. damn. Foiled again. Why, why would you give it to me? Foiled again. It is Inspector Clouseau. <laughs> not these other pieces of shit. <laughs> Uh, I gotta flip a coin. Oh I'm no! I'm not kidding. Yeah, I'm flipping a coin. But you can call heads or tails on the movies. Okay, let's let's say heads is shot in the dark and tails is return. That's fair. Okay. Do you have a coin? I might. Do you have something? Give me something. I do indeed. This is a an American dime. Okay. I don't like flipping a dime. What generally speaking, it's light though. It'll fly in the air, and there's more chances. I'm I not. Yeah, I'm not sure that this is an official coin flip. Uh, we'll we'll call. Yeah, we'll call heads a shot in the dark, and tails is return. Okay, let's see it. Maybe I can. Oh boy, now I'm nervous. Heads a shot in the dark, tails is return. Correct. It's heads. Congratulations to a shot in the dark. There it is. Do you feel okay about that? This is my question. If you don't feel okay about it, we can shift. No, 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 no. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the coin. Yeah, no, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm all right with it. I'm trying to read your. Fight. I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I love. Listen, Adam. Let me be. <laughs> let me be. Okay. Let me be just blunt. I'm happy you did this for me. Oh yeah, I'm just happy. And like, the, this is its own gift. I don't need to win the battle at the end. <laughs> all right. The all fact right. that you sat with me for close to two hours and we broke down this franchise, <laughs> the Pink Panther movie, just bone by bone. The amount of movie time I spent last the, the, last week and this week, I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I went for it. Yeah, and I, listen, that that's its own gift, and I appreciate that a lot. And I'm very happy with Shot in the Dark earning a spot here. Me too. Totally it's, fine with it. It's the unexpected choice. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But also like it is the movie that sort of made the Pink Panther what the Pink Panther is. Like Dreyfus and Cato is it, it's crucial. Those two characters are crucial to the, the progression of this it's series. Definitely important. And I, I love it. I really loved it. All right. There we go. The devil's bargain is complete. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. 
I have gotten my full dose of Refin, and you've gotten your full dose of Caluso. <laughs> and I think we can go back to just discussing movies cordially again. What do you think? It would be nice. It would be nice. So Wes Anderson's next week. <laughs> 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 I did I did think it was amusing though how you kind of went into this thinking like there was a chance it would break me. Yeah. There was a shot. There was a shot in the dark, definitely. <laughs> I took a shot in the dark here. And you were wrong, Nico. You, I was. You failed on that level. These I'm two- happy I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. I'm exactly. happy you enjoyed them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, always. I always want you to enjoy movies. I never root for you not to. No. Unless it's the emoji movie. Yeah. In which case I, I love it. Uh next week. It is Halloween. We can we can talk about that. But like there are a bunch of new releases that I think need to be discussed at some point. New release? Oh, yeah, yeah. So here's how I see it. Aaron Sorkin's Trial of the Chicago 7 was released on Netflix last week. I watched it. I think it's worth discussing, especially because okay. it's going to be in the Oscar conversation. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sofia Coppola's On the Rocks debuts tomorrow Okay. on Apple TV+. Plus. I think also is going to be in the Oscar conversation needs to be talked about. Okay. Borat 2 may decide the fate of the free world and I think also needs to be discussed. And uh, American Utopia, you need to watch yeah, it and we need to talk some David Byrne. Me too. Uh, yeah, I know. So I'll let, I'll let you decide how you want to do this then. All right. You, we could talk about all the movies. If you Maybe want. we just make that the podcast next week. We can sort of slow down a little bit on all of the research. and Yeah, yeah. Just, just discuss, just review. Yeah. I'm fine doing that, yeah. Yeah, it is Halloween though. So maybe I'll how about this? Give me a random horror movie to watch and I will watch it. A random horror movie. Assign me a movie that like you've wanted me to watch for a long time. A horror movie? Yeah, think about it. Have you seen the Blair Witch Project? Yes, of course. You have Oh, oh yeah. The new one. No, oh no, no, no. We we were we thinking about doing that on the other pod. Like yeah. we won't do that. No, no, no. Yeah, you have seen that movie. I, I just realized cuz we did a podcast about it. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, think it over. Okay. Take the weekend. Think it over. Is that what we're doing? A Halloween pod? Yeah. No, think it over. And then next week I'll, I'll review a, I'll review a horror movie for you. And that'll give us a dose of the spooky. Okay. The spooktacular, they might say. You can get, you can get a taste of all the spooktacular action though on the other podcast. When I hear that song, I think, understand listeners i saw him going for the button (laughs) and stopped what i was saying (laughs) but i hear that song and i just think friday the 13th part three so because the theme song to friday the 13th part three is like that funky that's unfortunate yeah yeah we're gonna have to rewire your brain yeah clearly that means i haven't played it enough (laughs) <laughs> no <laughs> Jesus yeah alright uh, that's it so next week uh, we'll play it by ear okay we'll sort of keep it casual and that's all I love you do you have a quote I don't dare do the quote oh you'd like me to do the quote okay let's see what I can let's see what I can muster here. <laughs> <laughs> until next time Get up!